You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. We are in a series called Culture Code. And I want you to know that one of the defining cultures of Awakened Church is that we are all about family. The title of this message is The Future is Family. Something that Pastor Leanne uh, preached last time that she was here a week ago, and it just, it just grabbed me, and, and God began to um, develop this word uh, in me, and I'm excited to share it. Now, I'm going to start out by reading you something from a secular publication, okay? Not the Bible. This uh, little paper is called The New York Times. Not exactly known as a voice of conservative Christian family values historically. Now I'm going to read you this article from the New York Times. So listen to me. This is the New York Times. <laughs> if we have stronger families, we will have stronger schools, stronger churches, and stronger communities with less poverty and less crime. It's the New York Times. The family this is the New York Times. The family is the linchpin of society, both economically and socially. Then they go on to quote a man named Charles Murray, and he says, one of the greatest secrets of the successful upper class is its dedicated practice of traditional family values. Men and women who get married, stay married, and have children within marriage are more likely to be in and stay in the middle or upper class. The future is family. And it's no wonder that the family unit has been under attack because the devil knows that the future is family. So I want to read, uh, come with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. should be easy to find. It's the first page. should get there, just kind of open it, and then just one, one flip, you'll be there. And we're going to read Genesis 1, um, uh, verses 26, 27, 28. We're going to read um, God's design for the family, okay? So follow, it should be on the screen behind me. If you've got your Bible, then go ahead and turn there. Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Okay, so I want to just take a second and just teach why this matters, why the future is family, and consequently why it is under attack. Point number one, men are different than women. <laughs> Profound, groundbreaking teaching here at Awaken Church. Men are different than women. And it's no, um, no surprise, and Dr. Jim Garlow points this out very beautifully um, in a message that he preached here a while back, that it's no surprise that, that gender is under attack. 
because it was one of the very first components of God's design for the family is he made them male and female. He created them. Now, I want to just take a second and um, here at Awaken Church, we do not shy away from the truth of God. But we also understand that there is humanity at play that you may be in here and maybe you're struggling with gender confusion or maybe someone in your family is and, and that adds a different level to it. It's easy to be on the outside and not, not have that struggle be close to home and just kind of say, this is what the Bible says. And, da, 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 da. and that's kind of the, the fundamentalist, and I mean fundamentalist in a bad way, kind of thing. But we understand here at this church that there is a, a human component. And that doesn't mean we shy away from the truth. Doesn't mean that we don't preach the truth but it means that we understand that people need pastoral care. They need to be shepherded. They need to be taught the truth in love. So I want to say that as a disclaimer, okay? Now, Bible says male and female, he created them. There is a difference between men and women, and it's important, okay? So I'm going to start, I'm going to talk to you ladies for a second. I'm going to tell you about your men. We were formed from the dust of the earth. God reached his hands into the mud and out we came. We are dirty. Okay? And my wife drove Pastor Leanne up to the Emerge Conference to, to do a session. So it was like 2,500 guys and Pastor Leanne and my wife. And uh, I just, on her way up, I just said, Katie, I just, I sent her a text message. I said, I need to warn you. We're in a tent. It's just like all vinyl, not really a lot of airflow. And it smells a little, it smells a little weird. So I just need you to know. It's because we're, we're dirty. God reached into the dirt and made us. Okay? We were created in the wilderness. Not in the garden. God made the garden after we were made. We were made in the wilderness. God reached into the dust and made us. Then he made a garden and put us in the garden. Ladies, you came from the garden. Not us. We're from the wilderness, from the dirt. Now, if you follow the creation story, on day six, God makes the beasts of the field. He makes the rhino, the cow, the water buffalo, and he made us on the same day. There's not a lot difference between us and a water buffalo and a horse, okay? We're, we're really, come on, man, we're pretty simple creatures, right? We came from the dust of the ground. We came from the wilderness. We were made on the same day as the beasts of the field. Now, ladies, let me, men, let me talk to you about your ladies. They're very different. Every, the Bible says that every other creature was also, uh, that God formed all of them from the dust of the earth, brought them to Adam for him to name them. So man came from the dust of the earth. All the other creatures came from the dust of the earth, not women. Woman is the only creature on earth that was not formed from the dust. She came from man, okay? She was born in the garden. We were taken to the garden to take care of it. She was actually born in the garden. She doesn't know the wilderness. She just knows the garden, okay? Now, follow me here. If you, if you read the creation story, it all goes from least complicated to most complicated. Day one, light and dark, on, off. 
binary, yes, no, that's it. True, false, on, off, light, dark. Then day two, there's a firmament, da, 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 and we get an atmosphere. Now you got some, got some molecules, we got some hydrogen, got some oxygen, some nitrogen, really pretty simple molecules, you know, not really super complicated. Then day three gets a little more complex. Then day four, we've got the, the, the sun and the moon. We start to get some, you know, some of the cosmos and the stars. And then, and then um, day five, we start to get the, the birds and the fish, which are, you know, semi-complicated organisms. And then on day six, we start to get, you know, some of the beasts of the field and then us, us men. But then there's a big break. And then God asks Adam to name all of the beasts of the field, all the creatures. So time is just passing along, passing along, passing along, passing along. Adam's naming them. This is the dog. This is the cat. Then God makes woman. So follow me. If there is a linear correlation between complexity of organism and time, You've got day one, stuff, day two, stuff, day three, stuff, day four, stuff, day five, stuff, day six. Then we get this. <laughs> Women. Come on. So listen, men, don't get upset at your wife, girlfriend, fiance for being complicated. She is. Period. That's the Bible. They are complex creatures. The most complex creature on earth is the woman. It's in the Bible. So don't be upset when she's complex and complicated. It's good for you. Helps you figure things out. It's a problem for you to solve. Come on. Men and women are different. Men and women are different. And I want you to understand me. That's the reason that that is important is not just because, oh, you know, that's what the Bible says. And so there's a, there's a, a very real reason why it's important to protect that. Adam is called the son of man. And the son of man, the Bible says that God put him into a deep sleep, created a wound in his side, and from his rib came his bride, Eve, from the wound in his side. Thousands and thousands and thousands of years later, there was another son of man who hung on a cross and as he breathed his last and said, it is finished, a wound was created in his side and out of the wound in his side came his bride. See, the, on the cross, the, the reason that, the, that the, the Roman centurion piercing Jesus' side matters is because when, when you're on the cross, that's how they know that you've died. Because what would come out is blood and water. It means that you've asphyxiated. You've actually drowned and your, own, your lungs have filled with blood and water. So the side being pierced is not just a little detail in the story. It is ironclad confirmation that Jesus was not asleep. He wasn't in shock. He wasn't in a coma. He wasn't, you know, in a vegetative state. Jesus Christ died on that cross. And out of his side came this 100% definitive uh, proof that he was dead. Then three days later was resurrected and the church was born. So the, there was one son of man who was put into a deep sleep, a wound in his side was created and out from it came his bride. There was another son of man, Jesus Christ, who had a wound created in his side and out of his side, out of that wound came his bride, the church, us. That's why it matters because it is a picture 
of the holy, sacred story of what Jesus Christ has done to reconcile us back to the God that made us. That's why gender is under attack. That's why, and it's, Pastor Leanne was here last week and just kind of was poking fun at like men's fashion, how it's getting a little strange. All the guys are starting to look like girls. Well, I'm gonna say from the other end, I think women's fashion is getting a little strange too. Okay, it's kind of all this boxy clothes and it's almost kind of like androgynous looking and it's going both ways. Gender is under attack because it matters. Male and female, he created them. There is a difference between men and women. Can I get an amen? All right, point number two. This is where it's gonna get a little, little spicy. Different together is good, okay? We're gonna read from Genesis 2, 24. Can you guys throw that up on the screen for me? Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. It's talking about sex, in case you were wondering. That's what it's talking about. All right, there we go. Got a merged man right there. Now, it's, it's even, it even was interesting to me as I was thinking about this, like having to give all these disclaimers to talk about sex because that's, it, sex is under attack. And because of pornography, perversion, like I've got to give 15 disclaimers just to make sure everybody feels comfortable. It should be a very, very easy thing to talk about. But because of the state of what's going on, because sexuality is under attack, so that even that should be a, uh, let us know that there's something going on here, okay? The Bible talks about a man and a woman coming together. Now here's, again, I'm about to get very descriptive. Just be ready. Parents, I've, you know, warned you. Um, men have a, protrusive sex organ. Yes. If you're hearing that for the first time from me, I'm sorry. Uh, women do not. Women have an internal sex organ. And in the act between a man and a woman, the woman has to allow the man to enter. And men and women make love, and it is a picture of salvation. Revelation 3.20 says that Jesus stands at the door of our heart. He is the bridegroom and we are his bride. Stands at the door of our heart and he knocks. And if we would open up and allow him to enter, then he will come in and dine with us and us with him. The reason that sex in marriage between one man and one woman is under attack is because it is a picture of the greatest story ever told. And listen, well, hold on. First disclaimer. Husbands, if you go to your wife and say, hey, I think we should celebrate the Salvation Covenant together tonight. <laughs> that line, that line may not work. Okay. Don't, don't make it weird. Don't be speaking in tongues to each other. You know, I mean, whatever. The marriage bed is undefiled, I guess, but I, I don't know. And how amazing is it that God made sex pleasurable? Sex is fun. It is a, it is a physical ecstasy as a picture of spiritual ecstasy. That's why sex is under attack, and that is why our culture does everything they can to devalue it. You see it on TV shows, you know, characters saying, oh, it's just sex, just sex, oh, no. And it's a devaluing of what God has made as this sacred covenant celebration between one man and one woman. That's why it's under attack. That's why it matters. A husband and a wife coming together is a great, beautiful thing. The future is family. Now, if you didn't know this, 
Point number three, when the husband and the wife do that, babies are made. Again, if you're hearing this for the first time, I'm sorry, but that's how it happens. Point number three, train up a child. Train up a child. It doesn't say in Proverbs 22, 6, have a child. It says train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. It's easy to have a child. It's a lot harder to train up a child. Train up a child in the way that he should go. The, uh, the mission that God gives Adam and Eve, he says, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Take dominion, fill the earth. How do we do that? Have babies. That's how it happens. That's how we fill the earth. We make babies. Now, isn't it interesting that you have men like Bill Gates who all they talk about is population control. We gotta watch it, we gotta keep the population down, we can't have too many people. The word of God says, fill the earth. It doesn't say, you know, just until you guys get a little, he says, fill the earth. And God doesn't want us to fill the earth with these little hellions that don't know how to obey and you train a child in the way that he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So, if you were at um, Emerge Conference, I think it was really um, interesting that the conference was called Warrior. But really, the resounding theme, and I think a lot of the guys would agree, in, in, at the conference was actually fatherhood. That's what came out of every single session was fatherhood. Because the warrior spirit is carried out through fathering. It's taught. You train your child how to be a warrior. Now I, again, I'm not gonna rehash, like literally the conference was just like, you know, all right, I need to do this different. Oh, yep, I need to do that different. Oh gosh, I need to work on that. And there's about, you know, you just can't change 55 things about yourself all at once, okay? So I, and I know that all, all the men that were at Emerge Conference probably got 50 million, you know, tidbits of how to be a better father. So I, I don't, I'm not gonna rehash all that. And look, I'm not even that experienced at it. I've only been doing it five years, my son's five. A lot of you guys have grown up children. You should get up here and talk about parenting before me. So I'm not gonna talk about um, you know, uh, tips on, on fatherhood, but I do wanna address one thing. And that is, um, what do I do if I didn't have a father? And um, I, ha- I mean, I had a, a father. Uh, he died when I was 19 years old. Um, and my dad, and I don't wanna, I, it took me a while to get there, but I, I honor my dad. My dad um, was a man of, um, incredible courage, but then also incredible self-destruction. And, um, and we just kind of missed each other. When I was a young boy and I really needed my, my mom a little bit more was when my dad was doing okay and healthy. And then as I grew up and really needed my father, um, he, he just kind of fell apart. He was an alcoholic. He cheated on my mom. They got divorced and um, ended up actually getting remarried three years later. But as soon as they remarried, he fell into um, a pretty serious opioid addiction and ended up overdosing on painkillers when I was 19. And so... It would be, so, you know, as I was thinking about my, and I always knew I wanted to be a father, and, but I, I was like, man, how am I going to do this? I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how to, to relate to, to, I don't really like other people's kids that much. It was a long time ago. I've changed. I've changed. I've changed. It's like, man, how is this going to work? I just, I don't, and I think the most, as I looked, and I didn't even realize when I was a 19-year-old young man, just completely wrecked, trying to, trying to make my way through an unforgiving life without a father, I didn't even realize what was happening at the time, 
But three men came into my life. Paul McDonald, Randy Owens, Larry Grayson. Don't know where they are today. Don't ever talk to them. But God brought these three men to me. And Paul McDonald was an amazingly just stable family man. Had, an, had a great job. Was always with his kids, with his wife. And in him, I saw modeled for me a family man. Larry Grayson was a music minister. Worked at a church. And I actually lived with him. And he showed me what it meant to be a godly man how to thirst for righteousness, how to, to walk out this Christian life. Randy Owens was an amazingly successful businessman. He owned a concrete company. I worked for Randy Owens, and he would invite me over to his house for Thanksgiving dinner with his family. Christmas morning, I would have Christmas morning with Randy Owens' family. He brought me in, and he taught me what it meant to be ambitious, to be a businessman, to, to dream big, to work hard. So what I missed out on in my earthly father, God used the church to fill in the gaps. That's why the church is so important. Because of whatever dysfunction exists in, in your family or, or what the church, God uses the church to fill in the gaps. There was a, uh, a young, he's not really a boy, he went through the rites of passage, so now he's a man. But there was a young man um, that uh, is from a single single mother household and um, went to emerge and I can just imagine you know this single mom just kind of like I, you know what's going on is he okay and you know the, the thing that's crazy that really hit me as we were there is that's the safest this little boy has ever been in his life there was like 400 men from this campus every two minutes like hey have you seen so and so yeah I think he's running around with so and so okay good hey anybody seen so and so and when that little boy went through the rite of passage he had all of these men shouting at him, calling out his name, cheering him on. So what in the natural world he's missing from an earthly father, the church, the church fills in the gaps. The church steps in to be that father that this boy doesn't have. When Katie and I got to this church, we didn't, we'd been married like three or four years and again, didn't have a super healthy marriage modeled for us. And I didn't, we Somebody was talking about like a, a date night. I'm like, we, we already dated. <laughs> we're, we're, you know, we're on this side. But because of what I saw at church, the marriages that I saw at church, I heard Dr. Matt Hubbard, our campus pastor from our San Marcos campus, talk about how ferociously he guards his Tuesday night. If you call Dr. Matt on Tuesday night, 100 times out of a hundred, you will not get an answer because he's on date night with his wife. And I remember hearing that and that impacted me and Katie. We learned how to be married better by looking at other marriages in this church. We've learned how to parent our kids by doing life with other parents in this church. God uses the church to fill in the gaps now, I want to, um, as I close, I want to talk to the ladies for a second. And Katie gave me full permission. She told me on the way up here, just get after them. So, yeah, she did. She, she grit her teeth. And she, no, she didn't do that. She gave me permission. Okay, so ladies, your husband, boyfriend, fiance, whatever, um, is going to come, he's back from a merge, and what you will see 
hopefully, is him trying to do some things a little different. And you may see him on his knees wrestling with the kids more than he has, or trying to talk to you in ways that make him feel uncomfortable and him stepping out of his comfort zone, trying to be better. And don't you dare discourage him. Wives, girlfriends, fiancés, when you see him do something that's different, notice and encourage him. And you tell him, you tell him, I see what you're doing. I see that. And I want you to know I notice and I appreciate it. Ladies, you don't realize the power that you have over us. And that is, that's the price that you pay for vulnerability. Vulnerability by definition is putting yourself in a position to be wounded, to be hurt. And that's the power that spouses give to one another in a healthy, robust marriage is I'm giving you full access. Here's all of me. Katie knows, Katie could say things about me that would crush me because I've given her that license. She knows the innermost parts of me, what my insecurities are, where I struggle, but that's vulnerability. So ladies, don't exploit that. When you see your man step out of his comfort zone and there's, I'm not gonna say it because it's up to the husbands to say it. There's a question that we have been challenged as men to ask our wives. When he asks you that question, don't go into all the, let this be a moment of breakthrough for your marriage. Church, the future is family. You wanna change the world? You wanna see revival sweep across the United States? Then stay married, raise good kids. That's what it looks like. The New York Times says that the family is the linchpin of society. You wanna change the world? You wanna do something great for God? Have dinner with your family. Have a play date with your kids. That's what the kingdom looks like. Stay married. Have a healthy marriage. Do what it takes to work on it. I know it's not easy. I'm not gonna, I don't wanna minimize, you know, if it was that easy, then we wouldn't have divorce rates that are so high. It takes hard work. But I believe that we're going to see a great move in our city, in San Diego, in South San Diego, where the divorce rate is gonna go down. And it's gonna go down because people see the marriages at Awaken Church. And they say, hey man, how can we, how can we? And we are gonna be a model of possibility for those around us. I'd love if you go ahead and hop to your feet really, really quick. I wanna just pray for a couple people as we close. The first group of people that I wanna pray for um, is our single moms and dads. And so if you're comfortable, if, you, if you're not, that's totally fine. But here in a second, I'm actually gonna ask you to raise your hand. And I want your church family, I'm not gonna ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes because I want people to see you. I want people to know that you're a single parent trying to navigate life in this world without a spouse. And we're gonna pray for you. And I want the people around you to see you. And I want you to know and take confidence that if you're a single mom, there's gonna be 
dads, spiritual dads that come around your kids. If you're a single dad, there's gonna be women that teach you how to put your daughter's hair in a ponytail and do all that stuff that some of us dads just get really freaked out about. So if you're a single parent, will you do me a favor, if you're comfortable, and just lift your hand up right now so we can pray for you. Lift it up high, lift it up high. Come on. My man, Tim. Come on. My man right there, beautiful Clarissa. Come on. So let's stretch our hands out. If you've got a single parent around you, I want you to just put a hand on them if you're close. If not, just stretch your hands out towards them. God, we thank you, God, for these courageous men and women. God, for the courage it takes to raise a child on our own. But God, we declare right now that they are not on their own any longer, that this church family is gonna partner with them, God. God, that the burden that they have carried is gonna feel lighter. God, that their children are gonna be protected, that their children are gonna flourish in this house. We prophesy right now friendships for those kids, great, deep, meaningful friendships, that you would protect them from any other child or adult that wants to influence them for, the, for bad, to influence them away from the kingdom of God. And we declare only healthy relationships, God, that angels would come around these kids and they would be uh, protected, God, supernatural protection. We declare that they are gonna flourish, that they are gonna prosper in this house. And we pray for strength for these parents, God. We pray courage over them, God. We pray, God, just an understanding uh, that, that a burden is being lifted off of them right now because their church family family is going to come around them, is going to fill in the gaps. God, you're going to use us to fill in the gaps for these parents, God. And we declare, God, that abundance is going to come to them. God, we pray for new spouses, new spouses, God, that can come in and help carry the load, that you will love again, that you will be married again. In Jesus' name, we serve the great Redeemer, the great Redeemer, the great Redeemer. There is no situation that he cannot turn for good. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen, amen. And then lastly, I want to just pray for um, all of our married couples in here. So if you're next to your spouse and, and you can or feel comfortable, I want you to just hold hands, put arms around each other, whatever. And God, we just thank you for, gosh, the great gift of marriage. God, that it is your design and God, it's your design because it's best for us. So God, we want to just say right now, speak right now to every marriage that maybe there's tension, maybe there's um, some unforgiveness, some bitterness, and we just declare those walls are coming crashing down right now in Jesus' name. That the marriages of this campus will be a model of possibility for our community. That our community is going to that our the marriages of this campus actually prophesy to the world around us. And God, we pray for every great, every good marriage, that it would be a great marriage, every great marriage, that it would be an exceptional marriage, that there is, God, your, your goodness is, is without borders. And so we pray for every marriage right now, and we say that there is more, there is more, there is deeper levels of intimacy, there is deeper levels of, of connection, there is deeper levels of fun. We prophesy family vacations, we prophesy date nights, we prophesy just being at home and having amazing quality time, great conversation that is enriching. God, we pray that you would use the marriages of this campus to develop us, God. God, that we would step into the trueness and fullness of who we are because of the spouse that you have given us to partner through life. And God, we also want to pray for all of our single people, God, that they would know that there is not a void in them, that they are not missing something, 
that their life is not uh, on plan B because they're not yet married or don't want to be married, God, then we declare right now that for those that want to be married, there is a spouse coming in Jesus' name. That a divine partnership is being forged even right now under the sound of my voice in the spirit. God, that connections are gonna be made, that relationships are gonna start in this campus, that marriages are gonna be happen, happening. God, I pray that my schedule is packed officiating weddings for the East Lake campus of Awaken Church. God, we bless you, we love you. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, Amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awaken Church, go to awakenchurch.com.